The Holy Gospel according to John, the first chapter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will have seen, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So this past week, as I was reflecting on my message for this weekend, the following came into my inbox from George Burns. He's not the one who sent it, but it's from George Burns. The secret to a good sermon is to have a good beginning and a good ending and to have the two as close together as possible. So I'll do my best. So a seminary professor of mine and also my advisor told uh, our group of advisees in one of our first years of seminary a little pastoral care advice. He told us at some point in your ministry you will walk into a hospital room or into someone's home or they may end up coming into your office, and the first inclination is to, don't just stand there, say something. He said, however, think about this. Don't just say something, stand there. Don't just say something, listen. That has stuck with me ever since. It is a good reminder that sometimes the service of listening is far greater than that of speaking. And listening can be downright hard at times. We often think that we're better listeners perhaps than we actually are because so often when we are in conversation with one another, we are often thinking about what our response will be, what our rebuttal will be in the conversation, especially if that conversation includes constructive or sometimes non-constructive criticism towards us as an individual. We often think about what our response will be as opposed to actively listening. Now, if there's one thing that is absolutely paramount in maintaining healthy relationships, healthy households, healthy communities, 
It is the act of listening. It is so important, and it is so significant. In fact, we have all had those experiences where we have not felt listened to, that we have not felt heard, and that is a difficult thing, right? It's a difficult thing to be in that place, to know that your voice is not heard. So good listening. Good listening takes a great deal of patience. But it also takes something else that is so key and crucial to it. And that is to listen, to understand, and not to judge. To listen with the hope of understanding what the person is trying to communicate to you, as opposed to judging what they say. And so today, we encounter the call of Samuel, and in this call, there is a significant part that listening plays. If you want to turn to page 244, you will find Samuel's call story, page 244 in your pew Bible. Now Samuel was a prophet, he was a judge, he was many things during his time on earth. Samuel's call was not a feel-good kind of call. In other words, he was called into a time where there was great spiritual desolation, there was religious corruption, political danger happening, and there was a great deal of social upheaval taking place. The sons of Eli, the elder priest, his sons were completely and totally corrupt, the Philistines were about to threaten Israel's survival, and there was this growing pressure towards kingship in Israel. So Samuel was called to deliver this harsh message, this intense message to the people of Israel in order to bring about promise and hope for the future. And so Samuel is called four times. We hear God saying, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel pops up and runs in to see Eli. And Eli says, no, wasn't me. Wasn't me. It happens a second time. Eli does, or Samuel does the same thing. And it's important to note that it's not as if though Samuel was choosing not to listen to or ignore God's voice. The truth is, God's voice was rarely heard in that time. God's word was rarely heard during that time. So it's no wonder that Samuel thought, well, of course, this has to be Eli. So it happens a third time, and he runs in, and finally Eli says to him, Samuel, this is God. It is God speaking. And so that fourth time, Samuel hears his name. And he utters, perhaps, some of the most beautiful words, in my opinion. They're on the top of your bulletin this morning. He says this. Speak, for your servant is listening. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, a 20th century theologian, pastor, and martyr, wrote a beautiful book called Life Together about living in community with each other, about living out our faith in community with one another. 
he has a particular section that's called the Ministry of Listening. Here's what he writes. The first service that one owes to others in the fellowship consists in listening to them. Just as love to God begins with listening to God's word, so the beginning of love for one another is learning to listen to them. It is God's love for us that God not only gives us his word, but also lends us his ear. He goes on to write these next two sentences. Christians have forgotten that the ministry of listening has been committed to them by God who is the great listener and whose work they should share. Therefore, we should listen with the ears of God that we may speak the word of God. Isn't that beautiful? So like Samuel, you and I are urged to not only discern God's voice, but to listen. To listen to what God is calling us to do. To listen to what God is asking of you and me. And some several thousand years later, since Samuel walked the earth, you and I are still called to be a prophetic voice in the world in which we live today, to give voice to those who are in need, those who are hurting and those who are suffering, to give voice to the marginalized and those cast to the very fringes of society. So you and I, like Samuel, are called to listen, to understand, and not to judge. And boy, does the world need it today. So what would it look like as followers of the man from Nazareth, as followers of Jesus, if we lived out our call to listen to one another, to listen, to understand, and not to judge? To listen in your relationships, in your friendships, to listen at home, at work, at school, wherever it may be, to listen to your neighbor, whether they are across the street or across the ocean, to listen to understand and not to judge, to listen to those who are different than you, who dress differently, talk differently, act differently, believe differently. What would it look like to listen to understand and not to judge? To listen to those in disagreements, in the midst of brokenness and hurt and pain and suffering, what would it look like to enter into that conversation and listen to understand and not to judge? The word of the Lord is precious, to be sure. I can't help but wonder then, what would it look like if you and me quietly asked, Quietly asked God to speak, for your servant is listening. Perhaps in listening to God and listening to God's word, we can become better listeners towards one another. And so in the words of Bonhoeffer, may we listen with ears of God so that we may speak and reflect the word of God in our lives and in the world around us.
Let it be so. Amen.